Like no, I mean, right it's now. it's artistic and Push raps about Coke, so let's just get... I just love the album so much that, honestly, like, I'm just going to defend it. Spinning it in any which way to it. was a it shitty thing to do, but you know what? He did on a it. pig, man. He did it. He did it, yeah. okay? Speak Easy Studios. Speak and be heard. Yo, this is Stephen Lee. And I'm Frank Jackson. And we are the Distinguished Critics. We're here to break down some of our favorite albums and songs and debate what's overrated, underrated, and everything in between. So join us as we go back and relive some of music's most iconic projects. Give us a listen wherever you get your podcasts, and please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and give us those five stars. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of This or That. I'm Stephen Lee, as always, joined by Frank Jackson, and today we are going to be discussing two major albums of the 2010s with one major common thread. That's right, we're talking about Pusha T's Daytona, released on May 25th, 2018, and Jay-Z and Kanye's collaboration album, Watch the Throne, released on August 8th, 2011. Frank, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. I'm I'm. Extremely honored and excited to be talking about to be talking about so prestigious. Yeah, uh, Pusha T versus Kanye versus Jay Z versus Kanye because um, this was crazy Kanye versus batshit crazy Kanye. So I like the fact that we got both versions of him on this. We have when we're, and when we say that we're not talking about like off the rails Kanye. We're talking about batshit crazy Kanye and just regular crazy Kanye. Oh yeah, no, this was uh these are two of the uh four versions of Kanye that we got. Nobody really epitomizes new year new me like Kanye does. Yeah. You just wait till next year. Oh, he going to have something for you. He's probably the most polarizing figure in music period. I don't, For better I don't think or worse, any question about that. And obviously, like with these episodes, um, what we tend to do generally is give like a nice backstory in terms of the artist. I don't think we can sit here and talk about Kanye West's rise. For, that would take two hours. I really want to focus more on where he was with these particular projects because he's just as involved, obviously, with Watch the Throne, but even Daytona, he's just as involved in that as watch the throne in my opinion oh of course i mean well on daytona this is just full-on kanye kanye produced that entire thing Mm -hmm. watch the throne um you had so many different producers on this you had q-tip pharrell i had to write them all down there's so many a lot of collaborations pharrell you got 88 keys who uh if you don't know that is uh Black Star, Pusha T, he's worked with a bunch of different people. The Far Side, like, he's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, RZA, Swiss Beats put one of his shitty beats on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got, <laughs> we'll get into that. You got Hit Boy on here. Hit Boy, before he became what he is now, if y'all don't know Hit Boy, that's who's producing all of Nas's shit, this King's Disease series that has been so good in in Nas's resurgence yeah so, he he um, was the he's the driving force in the renaissance that has been Nas's career over the last two and a half three years yeah so um watch the throne was really just this this kind of medley of a bunch of legends really from production to the on obviously the the headliners themselves right. Jay-Z and Kanye who 
we're at two very different stages of their respective careers. You know, you had Kanye, who was just on a crazy run, uh, college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then this. And then you got uh, Jay-Z, who, in my opinion, between the Black Album and Watch the Throne, the only good thing that he put out was American Gangster. I think there was just a bunch of shit. Sonically, sonically, I, I would agree with that. You can't deny, though, that 2009's Blueprint 3 was a major success. Like, Jay is one of those... It was hits. It Jay, had hits on it. Right, so uh, Billboard or one of those entities just put out a list of, like, their greatest rappers of all time, right? And Jay-Z's number one. And I'm not the type that's going to push back on that. I think that's subjective. And if you were to have somebody like Jay in that conversation, I'm fine with it. But when you go back and look at Jay's, really since he... Um, dropped a reasonable doubt in 1996 there wasn't one year that you can say jay-z owned that year until until 2009 i would say that's like by default right because 2009 didn't produce a whole lot of what we would consider to be like classics and also still dominate the game at that time blueprint three and jay in 09 probably was the closest he got to like this was jay's year yeah um but the music was a, like Blueprint 3, if I'm ranking those albums, it's among the worst in his entire catalog. I would, I would say I agree, but I, I think, uh, so you and me differ on, on Jay. I think uh, Jay really has just some truly terrible projects. He's a volume shooter. I think Blueprint 3 might be in his top five. But that's just because his top five ain't that strong to me. Like I, you know, I know people top might not five like of how, his of his, of his like... discography. I don't think he has that strong of a discography. Like I think Jay has. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna. I think wholly his, disagree there. I think his peaks are as good as anybody's can possibly be. But um, just I, he don't do it for me the way he does it for a lot of other people. Um, but he's a legend, you he, know, and, like, and I wouldn't push back on either on anyone who feels like he's the greatest rapper of all time. It's hard to make a counter argument. All you can do is present other people who you think, but you can't say like, oh, that's ridiculous. Jay-Z, he's the greatest rapper of all time. I mean, he's regarded as such by many people. It's just, you know, uh, I but, think but y'all again, King is a little bit overrated. Going back to like where... Jay and Kanye were when this album came out in August of 2011. Um, two very different places. Kanye was taking the art somewhere else. I know you mentioned like college dropout, late registration, graduation. To me, I kind of package those almost as like a trilogy. That's his first act. And then you have like 808s, which the death of his mother strongly influenced, and he went the complete opposite direction. And to be honest, I can't wait to cover that one day because that really you did and me both. It influenced a lot of what we've heard from Drake and Kid Cudi and all that. Absolutely. And then he goes into beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. And some would claim, and I'm, I'm not going to dispute this either because I think it certainly um, belongs in the conversation. Some would consider that Kanye's greatest album. So he's fresh off the heels of beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. And Jay is fresh off the heels of the monster success that blueprint three is. And the interesting thing I, with this album is it was originally teased as a five-song EP. Yep. It was called Watch the Throne, but I think that like the demand, because Kanye had collaborated with Jay really since 2000, but you had songs 
in more recent memory that like monster um run this town there were a lot of like big Kanye J collaborations. It was a build up to it. I think the demand yeah. was certainly there. And yeah. then once they banged out five songs, it was like, we're going to extend this to a full length LP. Might as well, right? Right. Um, I think this is exactly what Jay needed at this at this point in his career. Uh, not so much just from a, I need to work with this artist who's hot type of thing because it's a trend of his career oh it certainly and we'll we can talk about that too you know um look one of my qualms with him is he he went on this whole uh crusade to do what he did to t-pain which i'll never forgive him for and it's ironic because he's the person who was hopping on trends all this time and even used the auto-tune shit himself right and well, you hear it immediately on this album, so it is it's really hypocritical for Jay to be like extremely. It was almost like he was trying to be the gatekeeper for hip hop, but it's yeah. like who appointed you as such? You, you know what I would compare that to? So back in '96, De La Soul dropped yeah. an album called Stakes Is High. Yes, and the whole theme of the album was like, you know, what's going on now ain't it? We mm-hmm. need to bring it back to the the art form, the the pureness of it. And Pac was like don't criticize as your comeback. And that's what it felt like Jay was doing when he came out and was slamming T-Pain and to collaborate with Kanye for a full length album and be all over all of these songs. When Kanye literally just dropped like an eighties themed mellowed out auto tune project. It just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense at all, but that's Jay. That's Jay. It is. Uh, so back to what, I originally intended to say before I got pissed off at Jay-Z again, which happens three times a day. Um, (laughs) This was the perfect time for him. This was a perfect project for him because you can just kind of hear how comfortable he is with Ye. Like, I think it does bring out the best in Jay. Uh, And Kanye can can produce for anyone. Like, uh, Kanye, I don't care who it is, he will... Knowing that artist, if he puts his time into it and it doesn't end up being like some Nasir shit, which, you know, if he does put his time and effort into it, he can he can produce for anyone mm-hmm. and know exactly like, oh, you will sound great on this. Right. So um, this was huge for Jay. This was uh, just yet another win for Kanye. Uh, you know, I I do think Kanye uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, would fall off and I'll you know I'll give some of my thoughts about even how I felt about him on this album but Kanye this is another part of just really his amazing run in that time because I do have them all regardless of how I felt about any of the individual projects I do think all the way from college dropout to watch the throne that Kanye was just on a crazy heater like he he just was growing and growing and growing as an artist at this point he was, which was, would have been crazy to, to think at first at this, at this point with watch the throne, he was as big as Jay. Uh, if not big, he's like the biggest uh, yeah. hip hop artist that, that I would there say, was. I would say in 2011, Kanye was considerably bigger than Jay Z. Yeah. I, so the reason that I, I hesitate 
I'm a little tepid about that is because like I, throughout this entire thing, I mean, the legend of Jay is the legend of Jay, and it was that even then. Um, so it's hard to say anyone is like bigger than Jay, but if you're talking about momentum, if you're talking about sales, if you're talking about who's whose name is generating more buzz, it's Kanye. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, again, Jay did have a, a pretty long run there where he didn't put out great shit. People thought that he was all but done. Yeah. You know, like... The baton had been passed to, to Wayne and to... to uh, several people Yeah, yeah since. for sure. So, uh, yeah, this this album, I, I do think, uh, sparked somewhat of a, a resurgence to me for Jay-Z. I think that it's the best he sounded in years. Um, Probably what? Since American Gangster in 2007? Since American Gangster. So it had been, what, four years? Four years, yeah. Which, you know, isn't the longest time but it's a long time in hip-hop and hip-hop you might as well look at hip-hop years like uh like a running backs year in football or a career in football like three or four years can take a lot out of you and if you and if if you don't pop and stay popping then you're gonna get cut and you're you're out the league i mean and obviously that wouldn't happen to jay but it is one of those things where it's like man that's a drought it's like dog years you know right because jay's entire run it was dropping album 96, 97, 98, 99. And I'm not saying he had to do that in the late 2000s, but you could tell that he, outside of American Gangster, was, which was a conceptual, basically, soundtrack for a movie where he could kind of slide into a character. Which, in part, you know, like, you, like you're saying, part of the reason that album was so good was because of the that movie was so damn good. Yeah. Like, people loved that movie so much that the, the soundtrack... T- Typically, a movie that does really well that has a soundtrack from a, a well-respected artist is going to do really well. well like it think works. Kendrick and Black Panther, like or Dre and Compton, right? You know, exactly. that's another one. But they they're able to slide into this role where like they can just embody the, the essence of the movie. Mm-hmm. Jay standalone before and after with like Kingdom Come. Yep. We talked about Blueprint Three. Yep. There were serious questions in terms of like, all right, how's he going to hold up against Kanye? Because Kanye is so red hot at this time. Kanye was getting canceled before canceled was even a word. So outside of like his music just being incredible, it was also this, this like the controversy. Yeah. The controversy was there with like the Taylor Swift thing showing up to the red carpet just with a bottle of Henny. Like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to say what I want to say and do what I want to do. That happened years prior right, to right, that, right. uh is it was one of those things where uh Kanye really is a, a walking like sort of a Rorschach test for like how do you view publicity like you see a lot of that on this album too and yeah. I, I do want to get into the oh, project he, yeah he gets into it yeah um for those listening or watching we actually opted to not go with the deluxe version of this album I'm always um a stickler for stuff like that, right? Like I'm a proponent of, I don't need five extra Best Buy exclusive tracks on there. It waters down the project. You can tell that they were leftovers that weren't originally intended for the album, or they would have been released if that were truly the case. So I really wanted to strip this down to, you know, what is it? 12, 13 songs that it is and kind of view that. And I feel like that's a more apt comparison for Daytona, Daytona only being seven songs. But for me, when, you see artists drop a project and then it's re-released or there's, you know, um, if you order it from this site, you get three extra tracks. I don't really consider that canon as far as these projects. 
Agreed. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I think it's important to capture the the essence of these things uh, at the time, right? And when it dropped, it was twelve songs. Yeah. So that's I mean, to me, is is really that simple? Like when this was released, what was it? Right. And they actually took a a swing and missed. Now, not in terms of success, but the first song that was intended for Watch the Throne was Ham, and Ham is like. Through and through the Lex Luger early 2010s trap sound that you literally just heard on a Ross record or a Gucci record. And that out that song, people were saying, I'm going ham. Like it's not like it didn't stick, but I, I Jay is on record as having said we didn't feel like that was the one that we wanted to go forward with. This album has an amazing like seven singles on it. It's insane to me. It yeah, it literally does have that many singles on it it's um, been certified quintuple platinum and you know at the time when they went out on tour for this it was the most successful hip-hop tour of all time yep. and, until i think you know drake and future topped that like 15 years and or drake five and years later are probably about the top right in that but, but um when this dropped i don't want to say that this album like changed the way music was going i it, it's not like some of these um discussions that we've had where it's like yo this changed the sound for the next two or three years to me this was just like one artist who could use a jolt in the back and another artist that wasn't missing with anything that he did at the time. And what you get out of this project is, in my opinion, I don't want to say Kanye carried it, but I do notice after revisiting it, you know, 11, 12 years later, Jay, to me, it's funny that you say that, like, you know, he really stepped his shit up. I'm not saying he didn't, but he did take a back seat to Kanye on this project for me. So I think I think part of what made this successful to me uh from just from a, a J standpoint is that sometimes you have to know when I mean think about we already we don't even we don't have enough time to talk about Kanye's ego right but think about Jay's ego it's pretty big too Pause, and, and who pause. he is, yeah. <laughs> is that what they say? That's what These they days? say. Okay, can't say the other. It thing. doesn't rescue it, but that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and who he is and what he is to the game. For him to kind of understand and and find the pocket right where you're taking the back seat to Kanye, but you're not riding his coattails. Right. It's not that thing where it's like, oh, I'm gonna just let this dude carry me to success. It wasn't that. But I think Jay rightfully so clearly understood, like, given who Kanye is right now, Kanye should be the one in the driver's seat with this album. Mm -hmm. And I mean, given all the production he did on it and given his just throughout the album, you can tell that he was really the lead on it. Right. I think that's part of what made Jay so great because Jay didn't, we didn't get too much of him. It's like we got the perfect amount of him on this. We didn't, he didn't, it wasn't bloated with like too many Jay verses. Correct. And, just, and, and in, in contrast, I think you didn't, um, it, Kanye didn't overshadow it either. It was one right. of those things where it did feel like a very blended album in the right way. If you're going to make a collaboration album, and this is, um, arguably a top five rapper of all time and a top five producer of all time, then you have to know your strengths and weaknesses and you got to find a way to balance all that out. You don't want this to be 
the blueprint where it's literally Kanye just doing a Jay-Z record on the boards and it's all Jay. You're getting way too much of Jay. Like this was a good balance um, in terms of, you know, who's coming in where, who's doing this hook. They go back and forth on a lot of verses, which I, I really appreciate when artists can do that. Styles P and Jadakiss are masters at this. They'll finish each other's bars. It sounds the greatest. perfectly gelled. Yep. And on certain songs on this album, you see Kanye and Jay really take the time to like kind of put this together like that. The thing with Kanye is, and it's similar to Dre for me, right? Kanye isn't the producer that's pushing every single button and playing the drums and playing the piano. He has this grander vision and he assembles this team and allows them to do what they do best. And then he'll sit there and tweak it, slow this down, speed this up. And then by the end you have a a near flawless record by the end of the process. And Dre's very much like that too. I think the same thing goes for uh, the rapping, right? Mm -hmm. Kanye's pen isn't bad, but he's had ghost writers. I would suspect that they're, was a lot of ghostwriting on this project, but it doesn't take away from it. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, like you say, it's not like Kanye has a weak pen, but he also isn't, he ain't Eminem. He ain't like one of these people with just crazy penmanship that he's not like, Lupe he, Fiasco. It's right. not, it's not he, that. He, but he delivers that shit. Well, he shares well. that with Dre too. Exactly. Where it's like the delivery's there. So you, I could care less if he wrote this and or not. like Dre, but to an even further extent. And I got a question about this. Uh, Kanye is the sample king, right? I I don't think there has been, and there might not ever be somebody who's better at that. Uh, is Kanye a top five producer of all time to you? Yes. Yeah, Kanye is a top five producer, and um, I think like that question naturally pops up in your head when mm-hmm. you're listening to an album like this and even doing research in terms of what happened before and after. And it does remind you, yeah, if you don't have Kanye in there, who are you? I mean, it, it'd have to be a total regional take where it's like, you know, like see for me, for example, my favorite producers of all time are beats by the pound. My second favorite producer is DJ quick. Three through five can vary, but Kanye's, pretty much always going to be in or around that fold. I think Kanye, Dre, and Quick have to be mainstays. Right. From there, it could be Primo. It could be RZA. Right. It could be... Pharrell. It could be Pharrell. It could be Manny Fresh. It is not Swizz Beats. God damn it. Uh, no, not in my top 10. Let's talk um, about this album because I want to get on... on uh, I want to start with that. This album is excellent. Um, it starts off with five absolute bangers, and you can tell they were shooting for that. Uh, no Church in the Wild, Lift Off, In Paris, Otis, Gotta Have It. All of these work. All of these work as big stadium booming singles. You can tell on Lift Off, the second song, they were going for that all of the lights type of success. You got like the orchestra feel. And instead of Rihanna, you got Beyonce on it. It didn't quite hit the mark in terms of it being that big. But they definitely were going for, no, we want to go on tour and have all of these hit. So, I this album has outstanding production. It's, it's extremely well put together. Um, the So, sometimes to me is as simple as like, when I listen to a full project front to back, Nothing at all sounds out of place in any way. And I don't mean like, 
I don't mean like the songs don't mesh together well. I mean like just every instrument had a purpose. Like every sound that you heard on the track had a purpose. Or sample or kind of like flipped. Uh, Everything that was yeah. put there, it was it should have been there. Intentional. Like it felt like it should have been there, right? Right. That being said, um, I don't like this album that much, and I never have. You're serious right now. I'm dead ass serious. Hit, hit I me with never, a 180. I never have liked this album that much. I think um, so. There's <laughs> why, things. Why? There's things to like about it, okay. right? So the things, the things to like about it. Like I mentioned before, uh, I think Jay gave us the perfect amount of Jay. Like, and I think he did a good job in kind of letting Kanye drive this thing. Uh, like I said before, the production. I enjoy the production on this. Um, that being said, I think this album is like three great songs. And it feels like they kind of just mailed it in. Really? Yep. Okay, well now, I, I was going to go a, a different direction, but since you said three great songs yeah. and the rest they mailed it in, I mean, what are the three that hit for you? So I would say Niggas in Paris... Um, Otis. Um, maybe it's just two. If I'm being honest, you didn't like "Gotta Have It," produced by sure. Pharrell, with the James it's, Brown well, no, and the little flute in the background. It's good, but if I'm talking like this is the thing, if it's Jay and it's Jesus. Kanye and it's all these people working on this album, look at the names that contributed to this album. Yeah, I expect they delivered. something better than this. They delivered. <laughs> I mean, I can't, the RZA on New Day, and they even flip like the little nod to Raekwon, yeah. me and the RZA connect. I felt like oh, everything no, was purposeful. Yeah, right. And that's but just musically things to like about it. But uh, you you have to take so, issue with the so with me, the lyrics then or the guess subject what it matter. Is. Okay, that's what it is. To me, it was more so just kind of like uh, it. It just felt like it was uh, a lot of fat and no substance like it hmm. just and it's not like i needed them to put together some shit that's just crazy and thought-provoking yeah. and like oh here's this deep album yeah. from jay and kanye i didn't need that i didn't need kanye to be kanye from late registration like jesus walks kanye or yeah i didn't need that but it also just uh, that entire album almost felt like if i could break it down to bare bones it was uh we rich as fuck and the media hates me there, that's definitely the theme of the album. I think you're looking at two artists that are um, struggling with being that big, and both of them are uh, dealing with that in different ways. Well, ironically, I think Jay. So yes, I was I would say, but in a in two very different ways, right? Oh yeah, like Kanye is is probably struggling with the level he's gotten to, and Jay in a different way is struggling with the level he's gotten to as someone who I know at that point clearly viewed himself because many people did feel like I'm the goat of this shit. Right. Yeah. But like, where do I go from here? But people, people were not, he wasn't coming off of great. Now blueprint three. Yes. That was commercial success. He was huge. a little bit hot when this came mm -hmm. out, but for the most part, most of his last, you know, seven, eight years were just like, Jay, uh, Jay, have it no yeah, more. Jay. And again, this came out in 2011. This is, um, the hottest, period Jay had had really since the black album in exactly. 2003 exactly um just going back real quick to like because I agree the theme of the album is like I am rich as a motherfucker and like and from Kanye's perspective the media hates me the and media hates me 
Kanye, okay, so Jay, Jay on this project feels like he's more concerned with sustained generational wealth. He didn't have his children at this time. He's talking about fatherhood. He's talking about like, hey, the higher I go, there's not too many of us, you know, referring to, you know, like to, to black people. And he talks about and those Smith parts and of the Oprah. albums of the album. I really did enjoy. I, I like they were there was shit that they murdered. Excellence is a song that touches on that. That's right. So I think that might be part of what I take issue with as well, where it's like, why did we only get a little bit of what y'all could have really unlocked? I didn't need a full album of that. Yeah. But just. It was just up and down for me. Yeah, it, it there is some up and down elements. It's the up and the down. music is great I'd throughout. I skip like four songs on this album. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I'm not. This is not a front to back album for me at all. Now I'll listen to, I'll listen to the hits all day. Look, like I took all right. No church in the wild. Niggas in Paris. Uh, Otis. I listen to, to Gotta Have It. Um, Murder to Excellence. So basically five out of 12, yep. and you're skipping seven. So not Skip only is it not a, a front to back, you're basically saying this had infinite potential and you guys um, severely underwhelmed. So I oh, think that relative the, to the, expectation. the greatest parts of this album were so great that it's going to live forever, right? Like, Well, the hits are still living forever. I mean, forever. they're all-time yeah. all great, especially when you're talking about niggas in Paris. Like that, that beat is yeah. just going to be forever forever like and, after and, we're and, gone that beat is gonna yeah, still be alive and within paris it's like you get like the quotables that everybody you can yes. stop the record in the club yes. and everybody's gonna be like what she order yeah. fish fillet yeah, like it, that's always going to be there that's a I, that's a perfect song really like i just in terms of of they really put together a perfect song there where it's like the the beat is crazy addict you're not going to be able to get it out of your it's head it's not ham right? it's they not got, it's not a, a lex no, luger knockoff no. like it was a it was they a fresh got sound quotables all day and they both like they both spitting on it it's yeah. not like uh, just the, the entirety of that song and i'm not saying the whole album needed to be that or the whole album needs to be otis which spoiler alert i like otis even more than i like that song but it's just i feel like there's mo for most of this album i feel like they melded in that that yeah i i i'm not quite there with it do i think that this is a hip hop classic no do i think that it's a fun album that you could throw on and kind of let ride through and again i'm not saying that i love every song but i don't think that there's like some noticeably whack shit on here i did want to put a, a button on the conversation that we were having about the theme of the album though so jay being like concerned with like, okay, where am I going from here? But everything still being, um, I heard somebody say Jay's like a walking press release and Kanye's like the TMZ, like the, the, um, tabloid fodder. And I agree with that. Kanye's theme on this album is I'm rich as fuck, but it, there's a loneliness to it. That's what I gauge. Like, it's almost like there's some desperation in terms of what he's rapping about, how he's delivering it. Um, for a guy that made Jesus walks, on this album, it's Mary Magdalene on a pole dance, you know, on a pole. He's all over the place, and you could attribute a lot of that to him having lost his mom just, you know, two and a half, three years before Things that, whatever it was. Things started to change. It was shifting that way, but this was one of the last projects from Kanye that I can say, like, I will go back and listen to and thoroughly enjoy. No Church in the Wild um, 
I think that just real quick, I think the biggest outside contribution, not musically, but just in terms of appearances, I loved Frank Ocean and the Dream. Yes, agreed. On this album, agreed. I thought both of them on No Church in the Wild was excellent. I thought Frank Ocean on now Made It in America is a little hokey. You know, the chorus. It is a little hokey, but you know what? That is another song it's that a good I, song. I do like. I do like that song. It's a good song. Yeah. I don't feel like they mailed this in. I would not, again, say that this is a classic. I'd probably give it more of like a 7.5 out of 10. It's a, an enjoyable record. I have a lot of great memories with this album. You know, I remember the day it came out, me, Jake, Brigham, we're driving up to Tallahassee, and we must have listened to this thing front to back, you know, probably four or five times because it was so fresh and new on the scene. Not fresh in terms of like a totally different sound, but it felt like an extenuation of Dark Twisted Fantasy. So, um, I would I would say there, even though even though Jay had his ego in check on this, I still think. The collective ego in the room made them feel like they could just go in there and plank on a million. They could just like literally just kind of drop whatever and flex yeah. for a whole album. That's what it was, which has never been my cup of tea. Like I'm not, I don't give, I don't care who it's from. Like you could be my favorite rapper. I'm not trying to hear you flex on the entire album. It's not because I'm a hater. Like I'm. Go get your money, bro. Like, I'm always going to be happy about that. But it's also like, if, you, if you're if you bigger than that, you know what I mean? Like, right now, right? Like, Jay would never make that album now. Well, I don't think there's any. so much. Yeah. There's no chance of a so sequel to this bigger, ever happening, in my and, opinion. And they were bigger than that then. Right. Maybe not. Kanye was still kind of coming into it. Mm, I I Back then, I would say Kanye was as big as... No, no, no. I'm not talking about big as an artist. I'm talking about, like, Kanye was still coming into, like, money he hadn't even imagined that, that he'd it. get. Right. Jay was already this this kind of super... I don't know. It just felt like two... It felt like two teams flexing uh, to me. Like, it was a climate kinda, of hip-hop at the time, too, though. Yeah. But, and they catered to it. But uh, what standard do you hold Jay and Kanye to? That's fair. Right? Are you everyone else? Are you fucking Mims? Right. Or are you Jay and Kanye? Or uh, DJ Unk or one, one of right. these guys. Like, yeah. what are you? So yeah. um, I guess that's that's what my my problem is with the album. Um, you felt like it could have been a lot better. I, yeah, I just think they didn't reach their full potential. That's fair. And, and I think that is fair to expect them to, given who they are. Like, yeah, I said I might think Jay's a little bit overrated. But understand that me saying Jay's a little bit overrated only means that I don't think he's the goat. Right. Like, well, how many how is, many times have we argued Jay and Big? You know, yeah. and, and You want to kill me? Which is a that's a ridiculous argument. I but, think if you strip this, like for me, right? Like I view it through the lens of I can enjoy this for what it is. Right. Which is like we got an album out of them. And you could also look at that on the flip side, like it should have been more. But like, I I never thought that that would happen, and I thought it was a really fun album. Like, there's not too many like dreary. It is a fun album. This. I can certainly agree with that. Like, it is made for the stadiums. Like, yeah, I would say all but a few songs are not songs that are intended to be played in front of twenty thousand people. Right, I I could agree on that. So, I mean, I guess just all in all, I, I think, I think the album is. Uh, well put together, extremely well put together from a production standpoint, but I just think that the star players didn't 
bring it as hard as they could. They dropped like 15 lyrically. points when they should, you're expecting 32 out of them. Exactly. Right. Um, but that being said, do you have, what is your like favorite? Is it one of the, is it just like niggas in Paris? Is it just the simple no, one that, or is it something? So Paris falls into a category, right? Where that is a single I've heard way too many times. Um, I don't feel that way about every big single. I feel that way about like Paris. I feel that way about California love. I feel that way about certain yes. major songs that you're still going to hear all the time. Yeah. Um, no church in the wild is pretty much easily my That's favorite a near song. Perfect song too. Like it was awesome with like the guitar riffs and it, it felt like really cool, almost kind of like eighties rock. And then you got the dream with like his squealing auto tune. The dream doesn't get enough credit for his contributions to a lot of projects that you wouldn't even know he was associated with. Um, but yeah, no church in the wild. Yeah. Um, that's easily, uh, I would say in my top two. Right. Um, but I'll go <laughs> top with, two out of the three that you enjoy out on of this album, three. mind you. Yeah. Uh, Otis, I think Otis is, is my favorite on here. Got I the mean, classic you, Otis Redding, uh, try a little tenderness that. sample. That's yeah. like a callback to like what Kanye used to be, you oh, know, like, like production wise and, and all what he's, I mean, Kanye is still hell. We're about to get into an album that came out just a few years ago. Yeah. Let's do that. And you Let's talk know, about Kanye could still do that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Pusha T. I don't want to get into the whole clip story, right? Because I'm sure that there will be a time when we are discussing Lord Willen or uh, Hell Hath No Fury. Um, Pusha has, I feel like I say this about a lot of artists that we talk about, but a lot of them really do have like some unique paths in terms of how they got to where they are. Pusha's is like especially weird. Way up there. The first time I ever heard, heard Pusha T was on the 504 Boys album, Goodfellas. Pharrell did a song for uh, Master P and Crazy, and Pusha T hopped on there, and I had he was called, like, Terror at the time. Yeah. Then the clip started to bubble, and then around 2010, and, and all of their projects leading up to that as a group were, like, super critically acclaimed. Yeah. Pharrell and, and the Neptunes were handling every beat, and then around 2010, Pusha's brother, the other member of the clips, Malice, says... I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm going to Gave convert to Christianity like for real and go yeah. live a completely separate life. And it's amazing to me how that happens in 2010 by 2011, good music scoops push up and he goes from Pharrell handling everything to now Kanye, Kanye. handling everything. And with push, uh, I think the big song for me that was like, okay, he might be a viable solo act, even though the clips are no more. Um, Mercy was a huge record that came out in 2012 on the compilation. And Pusha dropped two albums before this one that we're getting ready to discuss now, Daytona. Um, what was it? My Name is My Name and The Darkest Before Dawn. I think they were re released in 2013 right. and 2015, respectively. Um, they're not bloated. These are, this is, they're my style of albums in terms of like, they're the, in that 10 to 12 song range, but like those albums felt a little reachy for radio. Yeah. Like you got a lot of features yeah, on there. They were trying to blow him up, but Push is at his best when he's in just bar mode, you know, like. We talked about coke rap on a few episodes. We trap music is one of them. I mean, this there is are, the Curtis Mayfield of rap. Like this is this is him. Pusha's whole career is based on being a D boy. Every yeah. other line is like nose candy or you know. Which all that. I would say, I would say for <laughs> he found his lane. Another artist 
it's like it'd be okay, stale. It'd be stale. Like real this shit quick. is tired, but somehow, like push manages to, and and again, like I, I mean, we are not understating. Like every song is about that. Like always. Yeah, if it ain't beef, it's about blow. It's always about it's one that. of the two B's. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. He's he's either right. got beef with somebody or he's talking about you know. And he's talking about blow on a track that he has beef with them on. Yeah. So, it, which he does on Daytona, but it always is about that. But you just don't get tired of it. Like it doesn't feel gimmicky. It's just kind of like that's his that's his lane. Like he kind of trademarked that shit. Even though God thousands before him, you know, tried to take this lane, and a lot of them had successful careers from talking about. But but Pusha T is really like well, he's twenty three years in the game now, and this has been his mo from day one. If anybody who knows hip hop, you ask him who's the first person they think of when you mention like Coke cocaine rap. rap. Yeah, it's gonna be Push like forever. Right. So uh, I was saying, well, let's let's get yeah, let's get into this. this particular project, but also the circumstances that were like leading up to it. Right. So we talked about the two albums that dropped on good music and they both were very critically acclaimed, you know, push album sales are kind of irrelevant when we're talking about projects in the the mid 2010s, but these were like top 10 billboard type of albums that he was dropping by the time 2018 rolls around, people are waiting on that next one because it had been about two or three years since he dropped his last project. And then Kanye comes out with this game plan that he's going to release five projects, you know, over the you know, once a week. Everyone's going to be seven songs because that is the bare minimum requirement in terms of what qualifies as an album. Even right. though it's more of an EP, right. this is still technically an album at seven songs and pushes in that fold. And why don't you go ahead and start with, like, when you heard that this rollout was happening, what was your initial thoughts? I was crazy excited because, right. like, I mean, one thing, uh, th- throughout all of the, the Kanye stuff, I think anybody who ever was or is a Kanye fan, one thing you're always going to be excited about is his production on something. Like, it it couldn't have possibly mattered how I felt about Kanye personally at the time when I heard Kanye is, is fully producing these albums, like 35 songs over five albums. Yeah. I'm in, right. I'm fully in on that. Like I need, I need to hear that. Um, and that's why still to this day, like Kanye is falling way off to me, but I'm a always, no matter what he drops, I'm gonna listen to that production on it. Mm -hmm. I still want to hear that because I, that's one thing that he has not lost at all. Um, so, you know, I would say the the two that I was looking most forward to were this one and Nasir, right? Oh, and so even even you were looking forward to push more than even uh, Yay, the, al- yeah, the album well, that he dropped. Yes, because because we had you know uh, Life of Pablo or whatever was before that. Kanye had already kind of been fallen not off for good you. to me. Yeah, for uh, for years at that point. This like, is MAGA uh, Kanye too. Yeah, this we're, is full we're, blown. We're talking like. like Peak like red hat. Kanye. This is stage one <laughs> of stage three. Kanye. Yeah. 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 So, um, but even aside from all of that shit, just musically Kanye had not been like as a, as a rapper, he had not been good to me for years at that point. So I was far more looking forward to Nasir and push because I always did like push. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, 
man, if he just had it just a little, a little something, and it was this, right? Like, oh, Kanye's going to produce his entire album, which, you know, it wasn't a long album. I say that like it's 15 something, but still. It's more like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like in terms you of could, the total. You could listen to this while you brush your teeth and get dressed, and by the time you get in the car, the album is over. But, but still. Right. This shit is. All right, we'll get into that in a minute. So, is it crack? I mean, is it like to push it, do his job? Did he serve us this way? Because I, I would say so, right? Like, it's it's one of those things. He was the first one to drop out of this lineup that Kanye yes. was rolling out, and which is part of what I. That's why I was so hyped for Nasir. Oh, because like I'm not going to I'm not going to get too much into that because we'll talk about that at another time yeah these two albums produced very different results, results not from a production standpoint but and there's reasons for it and all of that but we'll get into that at a different time yeah so right now we're just briefly touching on the wyoming sessions right because exactly. that was that was a collective thing That's if what you're, that was. when you talk about daytona you have to mention that part of it right so this is this is the first one that rolls out and oh my god like I didn't even I didn't even know and again I like I was a fan. I always liked Push, but I didn't even know he had this shit in him. This was the best rapping he'd ever done and this is you'd be hard pressed uh, with with the catalog Kanye had already built up through this time as a producer. This is among his very best work ever. I like agree. throughout this entire album. This was both of them at their absolute best. And I, this is only seven songs. I put this up against like ninety eight percent of the albums that have ever been released. Only and it's only seven songs. Like ninety eight percent of albums that have ever been just released. In hit, this is one of my favorite albums. Like okay. I think this is a a this is a super classic to me. Like I I really do love this album to that level where I feel like. I can listen to this shit on. I could listen to this album like four times in a row, and then it'll be done in forty-five minutes. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, I I agree though, man. Because like the thing when you get like a seven-song album, like if you can capture the genie in the bottle for those seven songs, you do have a classic on your hand because it's so insulated, it's so airtight that like there's no room for air. Like on this album on Daytona, I don't feel like Push wasted any bars. Not a single one. I feel like every line was enunciated the exact way it should have been. Like it was, it was crafted and, very well. And Kanye was featured on this album rapping, mm-hmm. right? What would Nick do? Yep. And Kanye even put like that was some vintage yay shit. Well, like it, yeah, it, it starts off with you can clearly hear, uh, tell that Kanye heard King's Dead. Yes. And it started off with that future that whoop de whoop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then he jumps into the verse. Yeah. But this is like, it really brought out the best, even like it even brought back a Kanye that I hadn't heard rap that well in oh, years. He killed that shit, man. He what would killed do, that he, shit. He, he destroyed like, that. This is, this is one of those. And by the way, started, the, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of starting your albums off hot. Like, that's important to me. Like selecting grab my attention selecting your track listing and making sure that from the very beginning I'm there with it, right? Right. And they start the album off if you know you know. Like which is I mean that's just become part of like the if American you know, you know. zeitgeist since yeah. then like that's just a saying. Period now, but 
that's a that's an all timer. Well, I like how it starts off too because it doesn't just hit you in the face with the production. Push is kind of rapping, and you hear like a little bit of the Before snares drops, and that right, yeah. and then it drops. Yep. And really, again, seven songs, and Kanye didn't miss on now one of them. No, not even like the this is a blink and you'll miss it type of project, but that's also what keeps me going back to it. I listened to this album in preparation for this, even though it's it's one of my all-timers of the 2010s, you know, in terms of what was released in that decade, and I listened to it probably four or five times today, and it's such an easy listen because Pusha does have that clear, distinctive voice. His flow is impeccable. He's just, he got bars for He's days. He's got bars, man. Bars for days. Yeah. on. I mean, in general, but... On this album, I mean, he he like his pen was crazy strong throughout this entire. You go back album. and listen to it, and it's like you'll find like new little gems yes. too. Where like he has Which a line is something I love, and I'm paraphrasing here, but like he had like a line where he's like, "I'm your ghost, I'm your ray, purple tape, yep. save for rainy days." And it's like rainy days being on the purple tape. It's yes. like you know, like when you pay attention to like the little intricacies that Push was able to like get off his chest here because it's so short of an album. Like you do have to, you're forced to pay attention to everything that he's saying. And know? it should be noted, right between. The time that Watch the Throne came out and Daytona came out, that's seven years. That's seven years that had, uh, in that span, right, two albums from Push, a bunch of shit from Kanye, and period, not just musically, but Kanye, over the course of those seven years, just who would have saw that coming, right? right. But when it comes to the, to I, I, I keep going back to this because it's, it's so relevant to me when you talk about Kanye, if you go back to 2004 and go back to 2008, 2011, 2018, his production just is always there. Like, he's never going to – it's why I still it, – it's still alive for me where it's like he drops some shit in 10 years and I bet it's going to at least sonically be on point. Well, for the past, like, five years for me, I've been at a point where I'd rather just have him release – his albums as, as an instrumental correct yeah. you know dre did do that with 2001 and yeah. i'd be much more inclined to listen to that than you know whatever he's doing now i, I don't want to hate on him too much but he's fallen off a cliff just again because we're talking about the standard and what he's established himself as it's nowhere near what it was but in 2018 again i think production on all five of those albums was outstanding but this one was just a, a notch above anything i think that 2018 was a pretty solid year for hip hop. Uh, we did get the Black Panther soundtrack, I believe, that year. But if I'm picking an album of the year, it's Daytona. I mean, Kanye's featured on this. Ross is featured on this. You don't want too many features on a seven uh, song album. I think it was the part like that's that's it. That's Ross all on that. Ross did his thing on Hard Piano. Yeah. That's my favorite song on the album. I love like the keys remind me of like some modern like Mob Deep like Havoc. Like they're mm -hmm. dark, and then it kind of goes Havoc, into by the way, it, unbelievably underrated producer but yeah. shout out to havoc yeah. <laughs> seriously know? like he please. deserves his flowers man they he don't talk really about does. him enough but uh yeah hard piano and then the way it transitions into the chorus and then you have like this really like almost like miami vice like 80s type of backdrop to it yeah. um we have to talk about the controversy well there's a couple of them right so he always manages to sneak that in so there's a couple of them one one of them being that the album cover was controversial. 
oh, man, in I itself. About that. Yeah, because this is this is Whitney Houston's bathroom with drug paraphernalia all over it. And as you know, Whitney was on that shit for a long time, right? Yeah, man. So uh, rest in peace, Whitney Houston. Uh, so the greatest vocalist of all time. I don't care what anybody says. We can argue about that another time. I know. Time. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. not. It's not a crazy <laughs> take, but yeah. anyway, uh, that was already controversial because I mean, you know, a lot of people, including Bobby Brown, um, you know, he he shuffled his jaw back and forth, and then he said, "I feel like that was in poor taste." Yeah, Con- um, Kanye paid eighty five thousand dollars to you. Yes. That. Yes, Kanye went out of pocket for that shit, right? Uh, it's which, art. I mean, now, again, look, for an artist like Pusha T, it does work. It does work. I mean. If, if this is his whole mantra and I this get is it. his identity look, as an artist. It. It, is in, it is kind of in poor taste, right? Not Whit- yeah, Whitney, man. You I ain't got to do it to Whitney. It could have been any dirty bathroom with a crack pipe. I mean, Dude, look, on. Pusha T ain't sell her that shit. I'm just saying, yeah. like, what you want him to do, this was a great, really, from an artistic standpoint. And a marketing standpoint. Exactly. It got you talking right? about it. Exactly. Like, oh, shit, that's Whitney's bathroom. Let me go check out the album. You know, so he, I mean, and and I, I will say this, too. I would feel entirely different about it if he went and got this shit and it wasn't public domain or public knowledge. Like that's something that was classified, and then he went and got it, and people was like, "Oh Hence shit, the eighty-five for real? grand, yeah." But this had been seen by people. Now maybe it was. I mean, obviously he brought it out to a much wider audience, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> this album was like. He, it was everywhere. He brought it out so, to a yeah. much wider audience. <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's just like, no, I mean, it's out. it's artistic and Push raps about Coke. So let's just get... I just love the album so much that honestly, like, I'm just going to defend it. Spinning it in any which way to It was a it shitty it thing to do, but you know what? He did, on a pig, man. he did it. He did it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, God yeah. damn it. Get over it. All right. So uh, that was one of the controversies, but that one pales in comparison to... Infrared, the last song in the album. So Push has always had issues with Cash Money and Lil Wayne. Where that stems from, to be honest, I'm not quite sure. I honestly think it was it started off as sport because the Clips did collaborate with Birdman and all them back in the day. Uh, what happened to that boy was a big record. Still love that song. Um, it might have had to do with like the Bape thing. I don't know. But anyways. He did not mince words. Push a T. Infrared to me is... One of the best diss tracks I've heard of the last 10 years. Because it's not... First of all, that shit was played out by the mid-2000s. And then with an artist like Game, like, everything has to be a diss. Pusha, like, managed to make, like, a hot song. And Drake is good at this, too. He went hard at Drake. But he made a hot song well, where he's... a hell of a battle with him. He made a song where it's like, he's spitting and you're enjoying the song, but there are jabs all throughout. Like, Wayne being... Because Wayne was going through his cash money drama at the time... Mm-hmm. And obviously, Push has Ross on on the album, and he's basically saying, "Look at him; he's flash without the fire. This is what it looks like." Ross recognizes that, yep. you know. And then, as far as like the Drake thing, which is to me the the bigger thing, because the most you're going to get out of Wayne is like a "fuck Pusha T" tweet, you know. Um, I feel like Push 
baited Drake right where he wanted. Yeah, him. he did. He baited him right because he, he knew he had the he knew he had the ace of spade. Right, he like, had the napalm bomb ready. He to had go. that shit, yeah. and all he did was he's like. So as good as infrared is, here. I mean, and, and as far as like you know going at Drake, it is about the ghost writing. That was a hot topic yep. back in 2018. Yep. Drake was about to release um, Scorpion, his double album, which is a good album by the way. Um, but Push, knowing this, decided, okay, now's the time I'm going to do this. And talked about the ghostwriting. I believe the album that they said Quentin Miller ghost wrote a lot on was More Life. It was one of those. But this was floating around everywhere. And Push baited him in. Drake responds with this duppy freestyle. Cool Which, record. I don't know why Drake or any of his stands. And by the way, I have no problems with Drake. Yeah. Like, I think I... I mean, obviously, Drake is a great artist, right? But why would anybody have an issue with him being called out for the ghostwriting shit? Like, what do y'all think Drake is? Well, okay, no, he, he, let me let me say this real quick. Here's my thing with that. I have no problem with ghostwriters. Like, Snoop has them. Dre has so them. Kanye has them. people have But then you can't say that, like, emceeing is your thing. Right. And yes. Drake, Drake has gone on record and said, I'm, you know, I rap, I'm, my pen is sharp. And so like, if you're going to call yourself an MC, then you better, I don't care if somebody writes your hook or helps you with a bar, but like you can't have other songs penned by completely different people. So Drake drops the, uh, and I know we're veering off the actual album, but all of this is tied together. Drake drops the Duppy freestyle and it's a cool little record. You know, Drake, Drake is slick when he throws his little shots, he'll say something, but it's cool at the same time. Pusha comes out with the story of Adidon. And the cover is Dre embarrassingly in blackface and Pusha saying, man, you got a baby from a porn star that you're hiding from the world. You were going to roll him out for an Adidas campaign. And Drake, oh, and he's going at 40s health and all Drake's producer's health and because he has MS and everything. Pusha held nothing back. And I in mean, my opinion, he won that beef because Drake bowed out. I agree. Like, not too many people can say that they went against Wayne and they went against Drake and their careers didn't end. He had such a way of getting under their skin. Who like I I'll say this, right? Because no matter what, you know, as big as, as Pusha T is, he'll never be most people won't ever be as big as Drake, right? He, so doesn't, the, have, so he the, doesn't have the ability to. So the the like when Drake makes his shit, it's gonna get more reach. You know, people are gonna mm -hmm. just blow it like way out of proportion and make it this this gigantic thing and especially i mean you remember the back-to-back -back shit with me like that became something that was just like that's another people are top like five diss song of the 2010s in my opinion i mean drake yeah. drake can channel that shit. that's the thing right is you think it's like this little timid bunny rabbit and it's like no don't he don't went at, try he went him common too don't try him because he will hire somebody to write a good diss <laughs> there you go so uh, had to had to sneak that in, didn't you? So he he did put up a fight, you know. But push, look, you you're not going to win when because push this shit was just so calculated for him. Oh, it's chess, not checkers. Yeah. And I mean, checkmate, checkmate. Like, what does Drake come back and even say to? Well, and bro, again, I don't want to link. I don't want to linger on this too much, but like. This is so much a product of like Daytona and what this was going on. This shit forced Drake to have to address it. Yeah, and and not address it on a record. Basically, say, yeah, I have a son from a porn star. I love him though. You know, I'm a good dad. No, it was so. I mean, that's just we say all it is to say. Like, 
There's seven songs on this on this album. Caused a ripple effect. And it made some damn noise mm-hmm. outside of just the outstanding music that's on it. Like, this is a I mean, this album is is perfect to me. Like it's it's absolutely perfect to me. It's hard to capture this type of thing when you only have seven songs. Right. Like how how long is the album officially? 20, 21 minutes. 21 minutes. And again, it is seven songs, blink and you 21 miss it. minutes. Blink and you miss it, but it adds a lot to the replay value. A lot. This is an album you could kind of have on loop for about two or three hours, like two hours if you wanted this to. This is shorter than a sitcom episode with commercials. Correct. He squeezed all of that in there and managed to get it Drake something serious. But it's still perfect. That's the crazy part. Right. Like I, I would just implore you if you uh if you haven't heard it for some reason, definitely go give that a lip. But even if you haven't listened in a while, man, revisit this shit and really listen to to push on this album. I like it's twenty one minutes, but it, there's not a wasted second on this entire thing. So much so that I think this shit demolishes Watch the Throne. Okay, like, I this knew. Yeah, washes I, I, Watch I knew the when when you said that about Watch the Throne and and just knowing how much you like Daytona yeah. that this wasn't going to be like all right. Well, now we're rounding nah. it up. Which way are you going to go? Yeah. Um, so let me pivot from that and ask you a question then. And I know this this the this or that portion of the show you're picking Daytona. Is Daytona a top five hip hop album of the 2010s? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, and you say that emphatically. Um, you got three Kendrick I'm ones. Too early. Life only, is good only for that reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only yeah, for yeah. that reason, right? Because yeah. Kendrick has three of them. Yeah, right. And then life is good. Nas has at least one. Right. Nas has at least one. Right. I mean, what else would it be if it's not Push? Because I would take Daytona over. And again, we're not. I'm not trying to seep too much into other conversations, but like. Damn, to Pimp a Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City, yes. I would take Daytona over the other Kendrick stuff. I do think that this is a top five hip-hop I'm going to go, album. yes, but I would say it rounds it out. It rounds it it's out. Not it's probably enough, number five. Yeah, right. right. But still, yeah. top top five. Now, if is there anything on here that you would skip? Not a blood clot ting. Like, no. seriously. Like, it's no. one of those albums, like, what are you skipping? There's seven songs, and... and and there's not one where you're like, uh, I do have a weakest track on the album, and it's still strong. Okay. I would say that Santeria is the weakest track on this album. I agree with that. I don't think it's bad, but the chorus kind of fucks it up for me. I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't think it's the the greatest shit, but am I skipping it? Hell no. No, this like, is one I, of those front to back, again, very short, but it's front to back for sure. <laughs> yeah, front to back. Yeah. Uh, very short front to back. But, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, uh, to I would say this is probably the easiest one we've ever done to me, which sounds crazy because it's Watch the Throne, and I know so many of y'all. The easiest one we've ever done until I pick Watch the Throne. Well, that's, uh, okay, all right. Why? Because I do think that even though I like Pusha, I never had Pusha in that. Are you really serious about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, no, I'm not. I'm going with Daytona. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth on this shit all day. And I'm look, But I'm looking at, like, the highs of 
of Watch the Throne. Like no church in the Which wild. Which is I what I put it up against. But and it's not even like Watch the Throne's too long. Like I, I'm tying all the memories with that album. Let all me that. ask you this: If Watch the Throne was eight or nine songs and had those five like the fat crazy trimmed. bangers, okay, okay, yeah. So you, we're we're getting rid of like what the, would you would you say then that is better than Daytona? Watch the Throne's best. It absolutely compares with Daytona. We do have to keep in mind this is Kanye versus Kanye. Yeah. Um, if if we stripped it down, I'd probably go watch the throne. I feel okay. confident in saying that. If so it's it, just the extra. Yeah. If you gave me, let, let's just try and do the seven songs here. If you gave me No Church in the Wild, mm-hmm. I'll say in Paris because it's an it, it's an anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, Otis, gotta have it. Um, that bitch, I love that song. Little Charlie Wilson on it, almost has like a New Jack Swing type of feel. Um, Murder to Excellence, uh, Made in America. What is that? Five, six, seven. I think that that compiled together could go against Daytona, but it's the filler. It's, it is the ones, because, again, Watch the Throne, there are a few songs where you can tell, like, like uh, Who Gonna Stop Me? Jay, his flow doesn't really work on that. He sounds a little clunky at times. So you trim out the fat on Watch the Throne, and, and I think it, it could be more of an argument, but I wanted to pick Watch the Throne so bad, but I can't. It's Daytona. Yeah, I think most of that album is uh, is what the Irish would call shite. Uh, so okay. <laughs> I, I, I just think, I just think, uh, they, Daytona, it, they both have perfect production. Uh, but when you're talking about the content and the entire package put together, uh, I, Daytona is, it's the one much, much better. And you would say it's a top five hip hop album of that of the, decade. of the 2010s, which okay. isn't, you know, to some people that might sound like that's not much of an accolade you know especially for the, the dusty backpackers that you know are kind of on some like anything that comes out like the 90s in order for it to be hip-hop yeah right but the 2010s did like we we can't be out here pretending like the last decade of hip-hop didn't give us a lot of good shit you have to actively just be hating in order to get to that conclusion like that just everything is trash now yeah like or of the the last decade look, or whatever not everything sounds like a tribe called quest nor yeah. does it need to like not everything is illmatic nor does it need to be like as the or, game grows know, music changes and rising and all that yeah it, it yeah. doesn't everything doesn't need to sound that way the 2010s gave us a lot of great Gems. music and it gave yeah. us some classics some all-timers so for this to be an album that does round out my top five of the 2010s, I, I do think that that's an an important thing, you know? Impact-wise and everything. Like I think Pusha T should be happy that I have him as uh, in my top five of the yeah, 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when he watches this, he should feel incredibly honored that I gave him that distinction. Yeah, it's probably like his... I mean, Grammy nominated, sure, but an oh. accolade from Frank. I mean, that's just that's it. A, a awards don't last forever, but my words do. Yeah, Pusha will never be that guy to me. Where because uh, I, I like bar centric guys. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I still check for everything. <clears throat> excuse me, everything that Lloyd Banks drops. You got emotional. I did, man. Yeah. About to shed a tear. Um, Pusha will never be in that category for me. But I I I 
enjoy his music. I will check if he drops a new project, you know, I'll give it some spins. My brother's like his biggest fan. And I get that too. It's an age thing, but well, not so much, but in terms of the solo stuff, it kind of is right. Cause push didn't go solo until we were 2021, 20, but this is a quality project. And it, it really is. If you don't have it in the top five of the decade, it's certainly in the top 10, you know? So yeah. And watch the throne is probably in that top 10 to 15 conversation as well. So these are two, well, in my opinion, these are two really quality projects, one of which probably could have been a little bit better and a little bit trimmed down. But at any rate, I think they both still have great replay value. This isn't like songs in 2010, uh, 2011, where it's like swag surfer, like the, 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 what was the Roscoe songs? And like where it's like, man, it sounds so dated. The production here because of Kanye still sounds fresh. Do you have any final thoughts? No, just shout out to Pusha T for winning this heavyweight bout. I mean, it's when you if you just on paper you got Jay Z and Kanye versus Pusha T seems kind of first of all as a handicap match, mm-hmm. but secondly, uh, it's two legends versus you know some people might yeah. have pushed as a legend, but yeah, objectively speaking, probably not right. But I think he washed them, and I, you know, that's dope. He he has one of my favorite albums. They they put together, they captured real magic uh, with this album. So, guess my final thoughts would just be shout out Pusha T for putting together a perfect project. Yeah, and I'll just quickly echo that. Pusha showed me that he can make a classic album. I don't know if I would have said that before this dropped. Agreed. Would have said he's a quality. He could. He's great on features. He could put together a nice album, but this is this is a classic. Watch the Throne probably is viewed as a classic amongst many people just because of the sheer impact that it, it had. Is. And I'm not mad at anybody saying that because it has timeless singles. And it, it was a very special period where both of them were able to get together and do a joint album. We're not going to see that again. But yeah, I would say Push is the winner there. So until then, we'll see you next week, guys, with a new episode. Yuck. Thanks for giving us a listen. Give us your feedback and let us know how you really feel. Subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you next week.